Hey guys, this is just a continuation from last week's episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did not catch that episode, please go back and catch All About Feet and then come back to this episode so you can hear a full scope of everything that we talked about. Thank you. Welcome to the Enlightenment Moment. In this podcast, we will discuss all matters and channels of personal development. Our goal in life is to increase our level of awareness and continuously raise our consciousness to obtain self-mastery. Yeah, uh, one thing that you you did talk about when you was talking to the the guy um, over on Messenger. Uh, he was saying basically he's just he just works in a factory. Um, one thing that I was doing for myself and uh, talking to my cousin who is also a coach, um, he he uses his experience. He was a basketball player. He played overseas, uh, professional basketball player, and he uses that in his approach to coaching. And his approach to the way he presents himself and presents his information. And, and that was something that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I did in my life just for myself. Like I applied, when I played football, everything that happened in life, I applied football, anything, techniques, the coaching, I applied mm-hmm. that to my life in the way that I can overcome things. And then the same thing with fighting. It was like I used aspects of fighting to uh I even talked about this recently and that that's because my cousin told me not to I, I was pushing those things away because I didn't want to be known for fighting or football I wanted to be known as a coach or a mentor and he was like but the, that is where you're coming from that's your life experience and if mm. you can grab somebody's attention or imagination because you were a fighter or a football player and still teach them aspects of real life uh, through those concepts, then do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I was using like, if people try to argue with me, and I was a, a good defense fighter, I didn't like getting hit. So your words didn't mean anything to me. The the way you raise your voice, your tone of voice, you cursing, that's all mm-hmm. just your aggression. And I just use that against you. Just like if you're an aggressive fighter, and you're coming towards me, I would just evade all of your punches and then come back in a nice way if we're having a, a conversation in a nice way and and just give you my perspective of what's going on. But in a fight, you know, you evade those punches and then you try to knock them out. But yeah, I wanted to hear you say that part. I was yeah. I was all up in the imagery. Yeah. <laughs> you see the actual finish. <laughs> I mean, in, in a fight, you know, if they miss a whole lot of punches, you just look at them like would you would you do? now you're tired so it's basically in an argument is the same thing you know people yell and scream and try to get their points apart uh, across and you're just like okay that sounds good i mean at the end of the day it's still your opinion so if that's what you think then that's what you think and that just pisses people off more but i say mm-hmm. that to say um i was using aspects of my sports career to help me through my actual life and now I'm in a in a place where I understand where I can use aspects of my fighting and sports career to help other people in their life. 
who may not be fighters or athletes, but the principles still apply. You just have to find out how to make it make sense for them. Absolutely. So absolutely. The guy working in the factory may not feel like that he has the ability to help a big company or your company uh, grow to where you want it to be, but his knowledge and understanding of what he's doing right now can still transition into your business or transfer into something that you want to teach or need to teach. But he's limiting himself because he feels like that he has no value in the things that he understands and the things that he's learning at the job that he's at. Right. You're absolutely right. So skills are definitely transferable. Sometimes it takes the encouragement to think critically about your possibilities, because a lot of times in society, our story has been written for us, our whatever that identity is on your name tag that becomes set in stone, as I said. So it's just, it's so important just not to overly identify with what is um, is expected of you um, and, and instead set your own expectations. Um, but to even get to that point is where I'm, where, where I come in, you know? Um, a lot of people, um, and I think that's why I appreciate what you do as well, because a lot of people only want to help people who are at a certain point. And um, my thing is, wherever you are, you know, is 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 super important to um, just communicate. You know, a simple conversation can just open up doors. Um, I don't want to give you a whole bunch of anecdotes, but um, this one I think is really powerful because it almost made me cry. So I have a uncle my mother has um my mother had one one sister and three brothers so one of her brothers is my uncle and um I'm not going to say his name that's why I stopped and said that all awkwardly so <laughs> my uncle <laughs> was having a conversation with my mother and in this conversation um, they were talking about the different opportunities that passed them by, how life could have been different. So, you know, he was talking about raising his children, having to work, um, how he might have wanted to move into a bigger house, um, but he never was in a financial position to buy a house. And I'm pretty sure if my mom is almost like 69, and he has to be like about 60 at this point, right? He told my mom, and mind you, I think he had about five children and a wife, he told my mom that he didn't know until now that you can actually not buy a house, but just rent a house, just the same as you can rent an apartment. So he raised his children and he's now about to go into retirement. I think he is retired now and has been living in apartments his entire life because he didn't know that you can rent a house to live in and not get a mortgage mm -hmm. that shit almost made me cry bro that's that's crazy for him uh made me cry yeah because my thing is communication how can you be perceived you know perceived to be a functional adult you know we're all walking around think acting like we know what we're doing you know getting on the bus getting in our cars you know just pretending to be adults buying stuff making shopping lists paying bills but we all be having questions man we all be confused about certain shit and when we're confused about it it makes us like frustrated like confusion is one of the 
worst emotions to go through. People talk about fear and hate and disappointment, but being confused is on the negative spectrum of emotion. And it's not a good place for your mind to be at. So people, you know, that's where the limitations come in, you know, because you, you don't understand and you don't know how to ask, or you don't know who to ask, or you don't know what to ask. You can't formulate the question, you know? How would you even know to, to ask that question if you didn't know that option was available? You have to know what you ask him before you fucking ask the question. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so that's the part of me that is tragic about the life that we're living. That it's like, we all pretending at the end of the day, bro. It's a lot of stuff that people don't know how to do. You know what I mean? And we out here grown as hell. You know what I mean? We raising kids. We, we doing this, that. We trying to find partners and shit. And the only the, the thing that will really fulfill us and will make our life worthwhile is if we could just get to that next step. But everybody's step is different and nobody knows how to reach out or nobody is willing. You know what I mean? We're not we're not having these conversations. We're just not going there. We're avoiding it. We're going above it, around it. You know what I'm saying? And we're just not connecting. Because I'm like, how could you have a mother who was savvy? My grandmother was hella savvy. It wasn't like she was you know, the type of um, woman who was like secluded and not understanding of how things worked in the world. You know what I mean? Um, how could you be in a family unit and, 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 and at a, a job and things like that? And you it's still, you're still isolated. You're still isolated. Like it's so much stuff around us to do and so many people and you ain't even gotta be around them. I can just talk to you on the computer or on the video game, but we're still fucking lonely and isolated, man. That's the part that like makes that that is like really, really the saddest part about this whole thing to me, man. Cause it's like, where are we getting with 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 our advancement just technologically and just, you know, as a society, man. Yeah, like you said, um, it's hard um asking questions, especially if you don't know the right questions to ask or even know that it can be a question. Um, and I had to overcome that as well. Uh, and sometimes even talking to my partner, I tell her, like, I know what I want to say in my head, but it's just going to come out crazy because I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say, but I'm going to say it and we just going to work through it. And like, we, we have conversations like that. And it's like, yeah. sometimes it's like you have questions or like even recalling like dreams. It's like, I can see the dream in my head. I could see the question that I want to ask Lori on the podcast, but I don't know how to write it on the paper. So hopefully it's just going to come out of my mouth the way it's going to come out. And hopefully she understands what I'm trying to ask her. And then it works mm -hmm. out or like, hopefully I can explain my dream to the best of my ability because I can see it in my head. It's just not coming out of my mouth the way that I wanted to or needed to. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, like I said, having conversations, like being able to have a conversation with my partner where she won't look at me like, yo, you dumb. Like how you don't know what kind of question you want to ask or like how you don't know how to ask a question. Like you ask a question by asking a question, but it's like some people really have questions that they don't even know are questions or feel like that it's possible to ask that question or know how to ask that question without feeling like it's going to humiliate them. Because like yeah. to be to be a, a grown man or a grown be a grown individual and feel like that you have to ask like is it possible to you know rent a house the same way I rent an apartment 
some people may think that's that's a crazy question and they may have that question but don't want to ask that question mm-hmm. and it's just that's your humiliation yeah i don't want to ask that question because i don't want people to look at me like i'm crazy like i i'm i believe in god i go to church or i went to church when i was up in philly but then it's like i still want to know like aliens like where do aliens come from and it's like <laughs> Can I really ask that question without people looking at me like I'm stupid? It's like, well, don't you believe in God? Like, why are you asking about aliens? And it's like, because it's a question. Like, I honestly want to know. Like, right. But some people don't ever get to that point. And it could be stemming from, you know, their childhood and things that they went through, trauma that they went through, and not being able to overcome asking silly, crazy questions that's going to get them looked at. Like, yo, that was the dumbest question I ever heard. And I would be like, yes, it's a dumb question, but do you have the answer <laughs> to this dumb question? Because if you do, then I won't have this question anymore. Right. Now, here's the thing. What if there was no true answer to the question? What if the only, what if, what if I was the highest authority that could answer your question? And all I told you was, you know, you got to figure it out for yourself. What would that then do to the mind? that will open it up to start searching for more answers. Because if, okay. if I ask you and your answer is you have to figure it out because basically you don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. Then you got the answer, Sway. It gives me the ability to start expanding and start trying to find that information. Right, exactly. I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I feel like, like you said, it's like everybody kind of like has a fear of being humiliated in whatever position we in, even if you're working at a job <laughs> and say like I'm doing customer service and I'm an insurance agent and, you know, I'm there, I'm trained, I'm ready, I'm on the phones, ready to take your call. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yo, I hope that she does not ask about, you know, the copay because I don't know that. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh my gosh, I can read the script and be very confident in everything else. But then she's like, okay, how much is my copay going to be for a specialist? And I'm like, uh, so, you know, it's like <laughs> nobody wants that feeling. Nobody wants to be humiliated. No one wants to be confused. And I think because they're like, they feel like kind of like micro emotions. They're not like on the extreme. Um, we Just like we were talking about with anxiety, because it can manifest in so many different ways. We're just like kind of disguising um, our discomfort and just kind of just winging this shit, you know? And nobody's being honest about the fact that we're just winging it, you know? Like everybody wants to be this high authority and it's not comfortable saying, I'm, I'm, I'm still searching. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, one one thing um, to the point to that point, we actually uh, me and my partner homeschool her two boys, and I had the honor of teaching them math. Word. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, what happens sometimes because I'm relearning some of the math is like, yeah. even though I have the teacher's edition where it has the answers. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not always clear how we got to the answer. So yeah, you know, if we get to a problem where uh, they get it wrong and we have to go over it. It's like, well, I don't know how they got to this answer because it's unclear in the teacher's guide. So yeah. class, we can actually go over it and look up YouTube information where they will go step by step. But being right. able to say, even though I'm the authority, being able to say, 
I don't know how we got to this answer or I don't know the answer is is um very powerful to admit yes. that you don't understand something or know something because we powerful. don't know everything. Exactly, exactly. It is very powerful. And that right there, everything that you just said is really giving me chill bumps. That's that's really the inspiration for um, what I do with feet and writing the book, like for that exact scenario and for that exact attitude to be um, kind of cultivated within other people. Um, because a lot of what turned me off from school and a lot of what turns a lot of brilliant young minds, inquiring minds want to know, right? You know, um, and the first thing that you do, well, usually when children start talking and then they want to know the why, why, why's, that's when we're like, oh, they're bad. You know, they're too much. And then we send them to school and they're asking the teacher questions or they're questioning things. They might not even be verbalizing all of the things that they're questioning, but some things may jive, some things may not jive, you know? Um, but for me, it was extremely personal. Like school was not like, I, I, I should have been homeschooled. You know, if it was this day and age and if homeschooling was, you know, uh, presented to my mom and, you know, those things were possible, I would think that I was one of the children that would, if you would look at me, you'd be like, yeah, I think that she would probably be better off being homeschooled, at least for a certain, like at the beginning, you know, those early kindergarten, first, second, third grade. I agree. Um, and the reason why I say all of this is because when that, when, when, when you have a genuine question, when a child is at their most curious, when their mind is at its peak absorption rate, you know, when they can literally absorb information like a sponge and they're wondering, they're the closest to God that 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 there could be. You know, they just came from the maker, you know? And they have these questions. They're trying to understand how life works. And we kind of like pass it off as like, ah, don't ask me that. Um, or the teacher is actually being like, you know, you can't ask that or go to the corner and you know what I mean? Or, or read it in this book. And this book is not getting at the, what I'm exactly asking you, you know what I mean? You're kind of getting around it and just giving me this standard, this standard script um, that builds resentment. You know, it, it builds a resentment against everything because us as caretakers, we're supposed to be developing and teaching them that they are straight from spirit and that, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing them into this thing that is already moving and it's going to keep on ticking, you know, and, and we're trying to hold on ourselves. Um, the sooner that people who are parents can like learn with their parents, with their, uh, learn with their children. And the sooner that teachers can learn with their students and actually become students themselves, I think that's when we really will see um, our children living to their full potential, you know? So you're doing a great job. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I love that. Um, I love that attitude. It's, it's super duper important because that actually gives the child, like you said, hope because it's like, wow, we're gonna figure something out. That, that's an actual mystery. Now that's an adventure. You know what I mean? Instead of it being like, okay, I know this, you don't, you know, you know what they used to say to us, I'm gonna get my check. I don't care what y'all do. Y'all can't, me. <laughs> you can keep throwing, you can keep chucking books at each other all day. I'm gonna get my check. <laughs> hey, the, the only thing like with this day and age, there's so much information out there. Um, 
you know, my boys, my boys that are still up in Philly, like they're on TikTok and they watch YouTube and stuff like that. And I know my, my oldest at one point got mad at me because every time I would go and we hang out and hear one tell me like, oh, um, I saw this on uh, TikTok and they said such and such. And I'm like, no, nah, that, that's not true. This is the truth. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, oh, well, I saw this on TikTok. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, he got mad. He's like, I'm not going to tell you anything else I saw on TikTok. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, cool, because they be lying to you. Like, I don't like, they be lying to you. <laughs> it's like a 30 second clip of, uh, yeah, this is how you do this. And it's like, oh, kids see that. And they're like, oh, cool, for real. And it's like, no, that, that's not how that works. Like, that's that's how it works on TikTok, but that's not how it works in real life. But um, like when I get to the point where like I honestly feel like that I'll be able to have my boys with me and, and be able to homeschool them, uh, that's going to be amazing because uh, my partner puts together her own curriculum. Um, in in Philadelphia, we had the she had to go by the guidelines of what they wanted to look like in Philadelphia um, for what you're teaching them. Now that we're down in Florida, she kind of had free reign to uh, build the curriculum the way that she want to. Um, oh. So being able to build your own curriculum and teach your kids, because uh, again, even reading the excerpts that you sent me at a book, is your book out yet? I don't wanna. Um, no, not just yet. We don't have a release date, but um, we'll have a release date uh, in, the, in the upcoming weeks. So I'm thinking maybe around my birthday or early 2022. Okay. And Lori's birthday is in December. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll be wrong on that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think that teaching, like people put too much emphasis on the teachers in school. Like everything starts in the household. Like all mm -hmm. starts in the household and everybody wants to turn around and be like oh well the teachers or the school district didn't do this or the schools didn't do that and it's like but what are you doing like what are you right your kids like what are you doing when they yeah they're in school for eight hours eight hours like you don't even like being at your job for eight hours but you right. got your kids in school for eight hours and then expect right. them to come home like and be the best or whatever it's like what are you doing what are you cultivating exactly and exactly it's like, uh, it, it starts with the parents and like I, I just wish I mean I, I feel like I did pretty good in school but I mean <laughs> how different would it have been you know if uh, the parents poured into their kids as much as they pour into their jobs or pour into their kids exactly. as much as they expect other people to pour into their kids exactly like, you're exactly right, man. Um, that's a hard lesson. Um, and I think that um, that's that's a pretty bold thing to say in this day and age. I dare to say that that might even be um, kind of blasphemous to some people because because um, here's the thing, like I always feel like I really don't, I don't speak up a lot because I don't have biological children of my own, but I did do a whole lot of co-parenting, um, you know, over the years. Um, you know, I help raise my niece. I help raise, um, you know, one of my best friends and business business partner. I helped to raise her sons as well. And um, in my observations of like the trend is like because of the politically correct nature of like um, 
of, of I guess life now because it's like you you can say a little bit more when you're having personal interactions with people but when it comes to social media there's like uh it's almost like gangs you know like like you'll get ganged up on for saying the wrong thing or things that are not you know that are you know basically not not a part of what everybody's going for so right. what I have found is that unfortunately a lot of people have like this kind of dependency thing going on where they feel like um the system all right now let me let me let me be clear let me be clear when i say this people have taken a hands-off approach to raising children that was happening you know, since before our generation, I guess like TV, you know, TVs, when TV sets became, you know, part of the household, um, you know, that that was a big thing that kind of like allowed people to put their children in occupied times and, you know, just kind of have them there and what have you. So the TV would raise your child. So it would be kind of like the equivalent of going to school. So say, for instance, if you went to school for eight hours and then you come home and you watch TV from, you know, 3.30 to 8.30, you know what I mean? You're not really interacting with your parent except for, you know, breakfast and bedtime. And then you wonder why this 15 year old, you know, hates you. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the time, you know what I mean? By the time they're in high school, you don't have anything in common. You don't know what they are. They got drugs and guns in their backpack. You have no idea what's going on. And this is black and white. You know what I mean? This is just like what has been happening before our eyes and before we were born. So from my observation, it's like, it's, it's still a lot of people who expect children to raise themselves. It's like, um, people don't take into account how messed up our society is because we all agree upon it. That's the problem with democracy. It's like, just because the majority rules, they can be dead wrong. Those few people could be absolutely right. Yeah that didn't win, that, that we're in the minority, you know? And that's that's what I have an issue with because uh, we almost make conversations into debates and into that political kind of like uh, thing. Um, but to be completely honest with you, by being out in the trenches and the work that I've done, I um, did a homeschool pilot um, back in 2013 where um, I tried to fill in the gap of parents like, um, parents like yourself who have your child in a homeschool environment, but they may or may not have siblings or whatever the case may be, but so you want to give them that social interaction, but not have them in school per se. So I figured we could have a homeschool community where the children can come together and then get the same curriculum, so on and so forth. But what I found is that um, even with that, people still have a really, really unhealthy um relationship to how they're supposed to play a part in their child's development like it's either too much or too little you know what I mean and that's why I really think that at this point because we have handed over um the the, the entire authority of teaching over to um a third party you know which are school districts and you know school systems that we kind of don't even realize the atrocity that's taking place before our eyes. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you're, they're gonna come back different with different information, you know what I mean? After being there for eight hours. But the fact that we don't have anything built into our society that's mutually beneficial for us, it's, and it's messed up. You shouldn't have to be mutually beneficial. Like you shouldn't have to get paid to raise your child or something like that, but it's just nothing carved out to incentivize being attentive. 
You know what I mean? And being present. You incentivize to get the money and get the Christmas bonus so that you can then compensate for not being there, you know? But um, it's so much damage that's done before our children even have a chance to develop their own personalities and their own identities that a lot of us are walking around, not even ourselves, you know, even as full grown adults. And um, that's a huge part of what uh, I, I bring to the table with my curriculum. I try to bring lessons that uh, really get at who the core of each individual student is that I work with and try to make them as independent as possible, like intellectually and emotionally, like it's messed up. You kind of have to teach children to be a little more self-sufficient than you would want them to or need them to. But um, you can't assume that children are gonna be taken care of properly. Everybody wants to blame the system and the school system, but we're not putting any accountability back on ourselves. Yeah. Is basically what I'm trying to say as a community, not even as a parent personally, like I said, because I'm not a parent, but as a, as a community member, I feel like my main mission should be to create some kind of infrastructure to assist parents in helping to raise their children, because clearly that's an issue with our economic system being so demanding. Yeah. We have to work. We have to work. So going going back to um, I, I'm going to touch on a couple of things going back to uh where you said we could have a conversation about you know masculinity and femininity um one of the things that fell apart uh one obviously is the nuclear family but two the roles of the man and woman or father and mother uh or husband and wife however you want to put it in the household uh mm-hmm. and that's one thing that we cultivate here is um, she's a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home parent, a stay-at-home spouse, a stay-at-home wife, and I'm the worker. I'm providing for us financially to support us, and she's supporting the household. Um, when I was growing up, both of my parents worked, uh, and you, it, it is very demanding on a parent to go to work and then still come home and be fully attentive to their children is demanding it's not impossible but it is demanding and like you said now it's just like I'm sending my kids to school you send them back to me as a whole complete adult because I'm working and I'm trying to sustain this this roof over our heads right and I need you to make this young man into a grown man and this young lady into a woman right while teaching them history math and everything else and you exactly Right not break them when they come up when they go over there to you and send them back exactly home. yeah yeah all on top of that and i can't even smack them up i can't even yeah. snatch this first like are you kidding me and it's, <laughs> it's like uh it's it's crazy the way that people think now and the the things that they want to occur in their children without actually doing any of the work and um i actually do uh I'm, I have a YouTube channel with two of my other friends that's still up in Philadelphia. It's called uh, Combustible Elements. And we talk about like a whole bunch of issues and problems and things that we need to fix and, and things like that. We, we would love to have you on the show. So I, I'll talk to you about that later to uh, have you on the show. And at the end of the show, majority of the times we do, who's to blame, depending on what the topic is. And they know if you ever watch the show, like they know my answer to who's the blame question is always the parents. Like no matter what it is, <laughs> I blame the parents because if if 
if we're talking about a murder that killed people in a in a hospital or a church, if we're talking about the drug epidemic, if we're talking about anything, I blame the parents because everything starts in the household. Right. Like you teach your children everything starting in the household. Um, if if they grow up to be a murderer, unfortunately, it's something that you probably did wrong when they was growing up. You didn't teach them. You didn't talk to them enough. You didn't you didn't pay attention to the cues of them turning into a psychopath. Like something happened in that time that you didn't deal with. So, like the majority of times when uh, we do the show, and at the end of the show is who's to blame. Like I blame the parents for almost any area, like the economic problems. I blame the right <laughs> inflation, parents, <Right>. yeah, <laughs> gas prices, <laughs> parents. <laughs> you didn't teach people like like uh, you talked about your uncle. It's like yeah. the parents, like the, you know, he yeah, oh, at a young age, and then like you're right, and we and we don't like to call out, see that, and that's and that's why it's a no no, bro. That's why I was saying it's almost blasphemous to have this opinion because nobody wants to say my grandma might have dropped the ball a little bit, and it's not to say we're not appreciating our ancestors and loving what they did, and we're not blaming them. But in order to solve a problem, you know what I mean? You got to take it apart and see where it went wrong. Right. So even his wife is like, well, who who was her parents? Like, why yeah. did he have any type of knowledge or was she just too scared to bring it up because he's the man of the household? And it's like, well, babe, you think we could get a, a two bedroom house or something? Like you can. Right. Like kind of tight in here. <laughs> or did you not have that information either? It's like so if she didn't right. have that information either, it's like you know, where were, where were her parents? Like, how did she grow up mm-hmm. that she didn't even know that you could rent a house and mm-hmm. things like that? So exactly. yeah, I, I blame the parents for almost any and everything that goes wrong with the children. Like you could blame <laughs> the school, you could blame the principals, you could, you could blame their friends, but at the end of the day, they're at home with you and yep. you have the most influence on them because your kids look up to you first. And yep. if we stick them in front of a TV or stick them in front of youtube and let them Mm -hmm. learn through that and then send them to school to learn from other people that are could quote unquote be broken or or misunderstand Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you're you're the seemingly superhero that can fix everything because you're the parent so fix it don't turn around and be like well the government didn't send another stimulus check or like exactly government isn't funding the schools it's like well what are you doing are you funding the knowledge that your kids need or what are you doing at home like why are you worried about what everybody else is doing in society exactly exactly man yeah and to all of that i say nope i don't even give a damn about all the politics all the schools could close for all i care and you know, we would still be in the same position, whether they were open or closed, whether, you know, Germantown High School and all these schools. Now, all it's doing is really just mixing mixing neighborhoods and people together, you know what I mean? It don't belong and it's just causing violence and issues, you know what I mean, for the, for the students to have to go there. But really creating hell for our children and then expecting them to be any different than how, how, how we, you know, us having to dodge bullets and you know crazy cars passing us by every day this is what we have created yeah it's not the government's fault it's not the white man's fault because at this point we have enough know-how wherewithal 
self-awareness to address the problems that are around us. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before we get out of here. Oh, well, one, two things. Uh, I didn't know that Feet was also, it, so is it just a publishing company or is it more than just a publishing company? It's more like a multimedia company. Okay. Because um, we want to release the lessons in a bunch of different formats. And that's where the, um, the board of creators would come in. Um, so essentially what I'm trying to do is, is I'm essentially trying to create a, the infrastructure for a virtual school that would then build campuses. So it would kind of be in reverse of what we're used to, you know, schools, brick and mortar, you know, we have to send our children to school and then e-learning came out and then school shut down. And then we were forced to find, you know, homeschool materials or go through the homeschool curriculum sent by the school. What I'm trying to do is meet technology where it is now by developing webinars and a, a series of learning material, but it's going to complement the homeschool environment. So um, theoretically, you and I would be able to say, create um, a, a course on perspective and perception, you know, for maybe seventh to 12th graders. And that could be presented to parents to purchase for uh, schools to implement, you know, various things. And that's kind of something that you were talking about with the book. That's why I said it's kind of like all intertwining and coming back around. Okay. Um, but essentially for a school, you would need an academic infrastructure. You would need a financial infrastructure, you know, because you would need some kind of endowment. So I'm thinking about universities. I'm not talking about just one small schoolhouse somewhere. If, you know, if, if, if you're a university, you need resources, you need technology, you need development, you know what I mean? So I'm looking at a, a full-scale academic board of our, our best, um, you know, uh, psychologists, retired teachers, people from different aspects of, um, of life mm -hmm. to contribute academic research and then a board of creators to then kind of take that research and create products, educational products based on that research. So it would kind of be cutting out, you know, um, us having to figure out what methodology we're going to go with. We're going to literally build the academic board together. You know what I mean? And decide, um, you know, what our, what our rules and regulations are, how we approach teaching, you know, how we approach training our teachers, things like that. And then on the fun side, you would get to then take all of this raw data and content and then create different things off of that, that could create generational wealth for us all. You know what I mean? So what I'm talking about now is just shifting everything that I was doing into it from nonprofit into capturing the intellectual property of what I was doing, because that's what I wasn't doing before. I was just hustling around, going to different schools, doing the program, recruiting volunteers, you know, doing a whole lot of expending of energy and technology wasn't really out like it is now in like 03, 04, 05, you know, when this thing was just getting started. So at this point, I want to definitely take advantage of, you know, um, technology, but my method is to be very cognizant of screen time. We're not going to just solely teach through the screen, you know, so it is going to be interactive. It is going to be, you know, um, a full scale curriculum. Um, so I hope that answers your question. So it's not just an, a publishing company. It's an entire um, institution. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I only say publishing because that make you think about, okay, actual bodies of work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so um, that that kind of uh, 
answer my second question too, because I was going to say, uh, if you wanted to touch a little bit on how the curriculums would look or like how, how you'd be putting that together and you kind of talked about that as well. So that kind of put it all, all together, answered the question before I even asked it. Um, but because you had said publishing company, I was thinking because I actually, after I published my last course on uh, udemy.com, I started thinking about writing another book. So my the first book that I did was a digital book. Um, mm -hmm. And this book, I was actually going to make uh, physical copies of it. So when you had said a publishing company, you know, I was I was thinking like, you know, I, if I'm trying to get some physical copies of the book, I'm going to need a, a publishing company. And exactly. Now, I know exactly where you're at, man. Where I'm at right now with actually publishing is that um so many authors, you know, pretty much that's I guess that's the that's the game we're in now. So now that we are authors, Aaron, um, <laughs> finding publishing outlets is, I guess, the the, you know, the frame of mind that we're in. So initially I was thinking, you know, we were going to do all the publishing in house because this is my first project, though. I did not want to assume that I knew everything. I didn't want to go through the time of learning all the bumps and bruises. So what I did was I actually um, published through um, one of my college, um, co one call her colleague, one of my old college classmates. Um, she started a publishing company and she was actually a chemical engineer major. So she's extremely like process oriented to where she was able to kind of create like a streamline of the whole publishing process. Just give her the money and she'll get it back to you in its final form. Now, my thing is, it's gonna be um, uploaded to Kindle and you know I'm gonna be, I guess, buying my author copies through there. But the dream is not just one book. The dream is for us to be producing content. You know what I mean? Like visual aids, you know, posters, borders, everything that you would see inside of a classroom, you know, we would want to actually produce those things. And that's why I was saying that you're so brilliant with just the simplicity, but the brilliance, um, just the, the powerful as images that you were able to capture with when you make your posts, those types of things we can actually monetize. Right. You know what I mean? That's why, I, and that's another reason why I stay off of social media, because sometimes it'll have you really thinking that that's like the main platform. And I'd be like, nah, bro, we should be getting some money off of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's great and all, but why are you writing a whole book? And people be going in all these paragraphs and thoughts and quotes and sites. You know what I mean? Why are you citing sources for Facebook? Like, why don't you just put it in a book, you know? Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now is the intellectual property. So that's why I say that the raising of the funds and really coming together is super important because I don't see why we would outsource printing continuously if we know that there's going to be future products. Right. I right. guess he's giving us our cue. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, time to, it's time to eat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to hold you. I, I took up a lot of your time and I appreciate you coming on the show um, and just having this conversation. Uh, like you said, well, like we said in the beginning, the conversation is going to go organic and go where it's going to go. Um, normally, I have like a title and I know which way the, the conversation is going to go. But I really genuinely like this conversation and like the direction that it went in. And we touched on so many different aspects. Um, of you know the book and 
what you're doing with the publishing company and your curriculum and, and just uh, life in general. Uh, we talked about it all. And I'm very thankful and grateful that you had the time to come on the show. Uh, I do want to give you the time to uh, plug your social medias, even though, you know, you're not really on there, but. <laughs> oh boy, this is the hard part. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show as a guest. Um, I hope that this is the start of, um, or a continuation rather, of um, just a really, really awesome connection, man. I'm proud of you. Um, I can't wait to meet your partner. I'll be down in Florida soon to come visit y'all. And um, yeah, so the book is called Remember and Transform, a plan of action for a new vision of education and economics in the Black community. So it's going to be coming soon. I don't have a drop date. However, I will have links for people to sign up for my email list that will allow them to get on the pre-sell list. So um, on Twitter, you can find me at Lori Michelle Author. Um, Reborn Scribe is my tag name. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they call that. On Facebook, you can find me at Lorelai Bodine. That is L-O-R-A-L-A-I-B-O-D-I-N-E. Um, on Instagram, you can find me on Lori Michelle. And I also have a Tumblr, which I believe is called, just, just put in Lori Chambers. I don't remember what it's called. Um, I hope that you guys will be seeing more of me because um, I will be getting a little more active on social media. That's the best I could do. <laughs> just Google me. Google me and see what comes up. <laughs> you can yeah. also find me on Smule. I love doing karaoke. So you can find me on Smule, L Duchess, uh, L underscore Duchess. You like doing karaoke, but you don't like social media. Isn't that odd? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, anybody that didn't get all that, um, her names and, and taglines and everything like that will be down in the show notes. So when the show posts, it will be down in the show notes and you should be able to just click on it and find her that way uh, for anybody that did not write that down. Um, also, yeah, I, I look forward to doing a lot more work with you and uh, building, and I want everybody to make sure to check out her book, to make sure to check out all the things that she has going on, and support, 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 uh, and I'm pretty sure she will turn around and support you guys as well, as she has. I sure will. Me. And I, I really do appreciate you, and uh, it was something else. I can't remember what it was, but... I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and I hope everybody who caught this episode enjoys the rest of their evening and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Enlightenment Moment. I appreciate all my listeners and supporters of this podcast. I hope you left this episode just a little more enlightened. Catch another moment such as this one next week. As always, to jumpstart your weekend.